God of the universe, maker of the stars, who am I that you would know my name? And it's time for Life on Purpose, and we do have all the zoo animals back with us this week. <laughs> Two of them been gone. <laughs> That's right. And of course, yeah, me and Daniel, you know, we filled in for you guys. So uh, yeah, no problem. Nobody really missed you. Yes, we did. Oh, miss right. <laughs> we missed it's you like, guys being all yes. down there in Dakota doing this thing. It's like, man, I wish you could make things happen. But it was amazing how uh, being around a group of people like that, uh, how much you're just uh, teaching people their purpose to at, at around campfire. It was just yeah. happening over yeah. and over and over again. It was it was really amazing. But I'm glad we're back and we're going to make this work and uh, yeah. see it happen. Yeah. Yeah, we're going to make this work tonight, and uh, the next two weeks, we're going to try to make it work, as I'm going to be in Israel. I leave uh, Bezrat Hashem, God willing, and with his help, and, mm -hmm. uh, you know, flights and all that kind of stuff. I'll be in the land next Monday night, so I, we will be broadcasting on my end. We'll be from the uh, Shel HaSharon Hotel in Ariel, Israel, as I start the, the uh, Connect Israel mm -hmm. tour and my 31st trip to the land. But um, we're going to talk a little bit about cool. Sukkot tonight. Um, maybe some people don't know what Sukkot is, uh, the Feast of Tabernacles uh, found in Leviticus chapter 23. I know of no other uh, person on this program tonight than to explain the eight-day camping trip than Ryan Cribs. <laughs> For sure. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's that's exactly it. And guys, uh, for those of you who are celebrating it and would like to share that uh, fun festival with, you, with your friends, that's a good way of describing it. Don't tell them what it is other than just say, <laughs> hey, would you like to come with me on an eight day camping trip? Um, mm -hmm. if those of you who heard my testimony know that, that that's how it was uh, sold to me. Mm, hook line and sinker right hook line mm -hmm. and sinker exactly <laughs> yeah. uh but truly i feel like it's definitely a time you know it talks in the scriptures about how the father would walk among the camp of his people right. that is is definitely the case uh with uh with sukkot it um every year that i go i feel like he's there he's walking with his people uh and he reveals something new uh and does something miraculous it seems every year mm -hmm. um so for those of you who are listening who have never celebrated the Feast of Sukkot before, if you have a chance and you can find a, a place to celebrate it with, or even if you're just doing it in your backyard in a tent, uh, which I, I don't advise. Uh, some people That'll have done this year. But, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I hear you. I hear you. It's definitely not as much fun, but uh, if you can get together with people and, uh, mm. and do that, like-minded believers, it's definitely worth doing. Absolutely. Well, speaking of backyard in a tent, uh, Daniel, how was your Sukkot? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you know, I think we touched on this a little last week. You yeah. know, I can hardly remember anything that I said yesterday, let alone a week ago. Um, but, you know, my Sukkot was pretty, pretty special in one way. And, and you know, in some ways, um, you know, Ryan and, and Dave, I was we were talking just briefly how um, I've just really touched that uh, the father always meets us in whatever season we're in. Mm. And so, you know, whether you're in a season where, you know, I don't, gosh, six, seven, eight years ago for me, you know, I was at the big Sukkot with all my friends and we were, you know, worshiping and, you know, just all this kind of stuff and, uh, you know, big groups, giant dance circles, you know, go from that to this year, brand new baby in the backyard, Sukkotin with the cat and the dog in the tent and, uh, you know, just, <laughs> it's a lot different, but, um, you know, I think, 
you know, I, I know I've mentioned this, but the main thing the father has been teaching me recently, you know, maybe this year is to find him in whatever season we're in. And when you do that, you know, it just, there's just moments everywhere you look. Um, and so it, it was really special in, in one way. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I know the kids really got a, had a good time this year. So let, let me ask you a question, uh, David, uh, why, why do you do this? Hmm. oh man why do i do this oh i know okay, guys just sit back that... and you know relax we'll you know we'll just say goodbye at the end of the show okay go ahead david <laughs> exactly <laughs> but i said there's too much to talk about here <laughs> one it's a commandment but honestly i've told people that when we go to sukkot with we've been going to the same place for now about five years now and i i think about as soon as i leave sukkot i'm thinking about next year's sukkot mm-hmm. and what i'm hoping to achieve and then or what i'm hoping to bring to the table next year it's just something that I don't look at like New Year's Eve or I don't look at that stuff anymore. It's about this celebration of joy. Mm. I think that's the best way of looking at it. like, why do you do it? I mean, I don't want to just go, oh, it's commanded in the Bible to observe the feast of Sukkot. And it was also one of the three pilgrimage feasts, which you get to now go and be part of the land, which yeah. God willing, soon we'll all be there too. So yeah. like that kind of idea that you're supposed to be there. And I know that God is... He's always there. Ryan touched on this. Daniel touched on this. You're going, you're not just, it's, it's a camping trip, but it's so much more than that. So much more. I'll stop myself right there. Cause that's really what it's, <laughs> it's so much more. And you're just being with God right there. Yeah. And I don't know who needs to hear this, but Sukkot and the Feast of Tabernacles, it's not a Jewish thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's a biblical thing. It's yeah. something that God commanded to his people. He didn't command just the jews he commanded his people in the wilderness Mm -hmm. and you know so whoever needs to hear that like we don't do this out of legalism we don't do this out of like because we have to like we started doing it because we believed we should but out of that has developed a a deep love and a longing because we understand that when god commands something he doesn't do it for no reason like he does it on purpose um you know every and, and we the more we learn about life and science and just all this kind of stuff like it all lines up with what he says and so you know we as we do this you know at least for me like i've developed just this you know everything that he commands us we look backwards and we look forward and so you know it's this time of sukkot it's about remembering when he delivered his people but when they spent the time in the wilderness it's about remembering that but it's also about looking forward to what is to come and what is to come is that, you know, dad, you talk about this all the time, where (laughs) Sukkot is this practice time, this, um, you know, this time that we just look forward to the feast, like the feast of the lamb, you know, when Mm -hmm. we are with Yeshua, after judgment day has come after all this stuff, like, it's party time, like, it's time to, you know, be with all the people that we love that, you know, align themselves with him. And, you know, it's just, it's amazing. Yeah, so it's kind of like, you know, we take a time out of our year and, and there's nowhere uh, for, for anybody that's maybe not real familiar with this. There's nowhere in the scripture that tells us we got to go camping. Okay. That is something yeah. that's being done now, uh, literally all over the country, all over the world. There yes. are Sukkot gatherings, Feast of Tabernacles uh, that, are, that are springing up. I'm amazed. I was astonished as I was following on Facebook, all of these gatherings. I remember when, you know, there was like one or two, 
and mm-hmm. and now they're 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 all over the place but there's nowhere that tells us to do that but it says the scripture in leviticus chapter 23 says you are to dwell in temporary dwellings through this time so the you know i mean for us uh, for my wife i was out of town at a sukkot gathering so we set up a uh, a makeshift sukkah on our back porch and mm-hmm. uh, kathy had her meals out there and when i came home we we would have our meals out there and spend time and uh you know it's you, you, it, this, we're not in the kingdom guys i don't know if you've noticed that <laughs> um if you've been watching the news lately we're not in the kingdom yet and so yeah. it is a practice session and there it should is. be yeah. no matter where if we're at elijah clark state park or or oklahoma or various places that we that these sukkots are going there should be a longing that one day we're going to all be together in israel in the land in the kingdom and messiah yeah. will be seated upon a throne and as isaiah 2 says his torah will go forth from from uh from jerusalem his word from malzion that's right amen Amen. That's absolutely right. I think that that was one of the things we noticed too, is that like, I remember the first time we started to cope, like started observing the feast. It was something on the back porch or like Daniel's talked about, tent set out in the backyard. Mm-hmm. And again, back when we did, there wasn't nobody doing it either. It was very, very far and few between. But now it is amazing. You look it up and there's, there, I guarantee you, if you were able to go on Facebook or one of these social media places, there's always some, there's some gathering of people gathering together. Mm-hmm. It, there is something, or at least go visit. If I at least could say that, maybe you don't yeah. want to go there because you don't want to just go visit. Because we had people from hours away come and visit just for the weekend because mm-hmm. they could get off because they could go spend time with you. But man, yeah. if you are fortunate, I'll say that if you have been blessed and fortunate enough to be able to take that entire eight days off, wow, you will not regret it. You will yeah. not. You will not regret it at all. I, I got a question for somebody here. Uh, Mm -hmm. this is specific. This is to Ryan. Okay. Um, a number of years ago, I can't remember how many years ago you were invited to the now famous eight day camping trip. Yes. Have you thought about this? What would have happened if you'd said no? I have thought about that. I absolutely, you know, it's funny that you bring this up because this past the coat that we just had, reminded me in pretty big ways actually that as as fun as Sukkot is or can be it is not a vacation yeah it is an appointed time and just like an appointment when you show up the father shows up and so you know thinking back on that had I said no I really would have been saying no to the appointment that I had with the father to meet the people that I was appointed to meet mm-hmm. for that to change my life. Let, let's unpack that for a moment, Ryan, mm-hmm. because I just want to take you down something here. Uh, Daniel and I, and I don't know if you guys have had a chance to, to listen to our podcast from the last two weeks, but uh, we talked about uh, the crisis of faith. Okay. We talked about owning our faith. Okay. Mm, okay. Excellent. So I, I, I want to go back to your invitation. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ryan Cribbs has somebody come up to him and says, Hey, you know, want you, want you to go on this camping trip with me. Uh, Ryan says, no, I got other plans. Right. Consider this. You would not have, uh, met Tony. Nope. You would not have met your wife. 
No. You would not be married to her. That's right. You would not have met David, even though you guys are going to church together. Mm-hmm. That's right. Uh, you wouldn't have met Daniel. You wouldn't, I mean, really, you wouldn't have met me. Nope. We wouldn't have met any of you guys. We wouldn't have this program. Okay. This no. program would not, would, we would have, if things had worked out, we would have three people on it tonight as we have had, and there would be a void on this program because the person Ryan Cribs would, would not be here. And, and right. I say that I don't, I don't, I'm not saying that flippantly. Okay. Mm-hmm. Because yeah. you are an integral part of this program. I've had so many comments about, you know, what Ryan said, and, you know, um, <laughs> when we think back guys to the crossroads of our lives and the opportunities that were a yes or no answer, what does that make you, I mean, that kind of messes with, with my brain a little bit, you know, I don't know about y'all's. <laughs> oh, it does because it could certainly it's it's like the butterfly effect. You know, one mm-hmm. decision made it, it could change your entire course of your your life uh, and your legacy that you will eventually leave behind. Mm-hmm. Um, it is wild. It's absolutely wild to think about, and it's funny how you know Sakota is very important to me. It really is because, like you mentioned, that was where I first mm-hmm. came into well, walking in Torah. And where I, I met the people that would eventually introduce me to mm-hmm. my wife. And it was actually at a Sukkot, the one we were actually talking about it right before we uh, started the show today, uh, the Sukkot at Lake, uh, Lake Swan, mm-hmm. that I got to actually get to know my, uh, my future wife better <laughs> uh, at that time. Uh, I always say the best pickup line ever, gentlemen, is, um, hey, would you like to play checkers? <laughs> um, I can tell you that, uh, that I'm, I'm twice any of y'all's age and I've never used that one. (laughs) Just throwing it out there. And it it worked in my case. Different generation, uh, you know, the different generational line you can use. I think exactly. Exactly. (laughs) It's not fancy, but it it. works. There you go. Gotta keep it simple. You know, um, I think that, you know, probably any of us could point to a uh, numerous amount of encounters that we've had with the father during Sukkot. I know for me, it was at a Sukkot that I um, got saved. Yeah. Um, it was, it was at a Sukkot that even before that, um, it was at a Sukkot that it, I'll go into the story. Cause I think it's, it's a good one. Um, it's, I mean, it's a good story. You know, Dad, you were teaching the the men's dance, and yeah, you know, in that holy. dance, there is a a a move. It's a very simple dance, um, but it is very masculine. It's very powerful. Um, there's a a dance move where it's um, you know, essentially you're reaching. It's called strongholds. I remember is what you called mm-hmm. it. You reach up and you pull down. You know, you're pulling down those strongholds. And I remember you were teaching it to all these men in this you know little tent, and you were saying, "Be praying." about this moment when we get to this moment in the song be think be asking god what are the strongholds in my life that need to be pulled down and i was oh gosh i mean 12 13 at the time um and you know we had just moved to oklahoma all this stuff and we go to do that dance that evening and when we get to that move, you know, I look up and it's almost as like clear as it's written on the ceiling. 
public school. Mm. I was in public school at the time. And, mm. you know, we had just moved from Arizona where we were in a good situation with the public school to Oklahoma where it was less good. And it was just like, I knew beyond the shadow of a doubt that the father was telling me to get out of public school. And it was, I, I approached you guys about that because I felt so strongly about it. And I'm not saying that's everyone's case. I'm saying that was what he was teaching me in that moment. And that was out of Sukkot. And I think one of the reasons that we find so many encounters at Sukkot or on Shabbat or on Passover or on Yom Kippur is because the very nature of us observing that is obedience. We are going mm. into a moment of obedience, which has already with our actions paved a way to encounter him. Mm -hmm. That's very true. It's funny that you mentioned the dance that you teach the men's dance. Uh, Mike, uh, I actually had to reference that uh, this Sukkot, I was oh. actually talking with a, uh, a gentleman, a very close friend, and uh, we were going through some of those things, talking about, you know, the tearing down of strongholds and everything. And I remember that part of the dance where it's basically all the men have uh, locked arms, basically, where, you know, each one is supporting the other. And it was amazing how, and you know, you're, you just brought this up, Daniel, and, and here I was bringing this up and using it as an example yeah. of what mm. brotherhood is, what manhood mm. is, as we're walking this out together, that, you know, we all support each other uh, yeah. and hold each other up. It's funny how mm. we're running on the same thread here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just, for everyone out there, we literally talked for about 10 seconds before yeah. we had pushed start on this thing. <laughs> Yeah, uh, yeah, it was. Yeah, David was like, "Hey, are we going to talk about what we're going to talk about?" No, we're just going to hit the button. Okay. <laughs> um, you know, it's it's funny because you know I'm I am uh, by my own admission I'm a zero talent person. Okay, I have none. Um, I cannot dance, and this is one dance that I was taught back in 1997. Uh, was literally thrown into it because. I was working with the ministry and they'd choreographed it. And one of the guys didn't show up and they said, you're in. I said, I can't dance. And they said, get in here and do it. And it's this one dance that the father has given me. I can't do any other dances. I can't. Okay. Uh, but this, this has been a, a really uh, amazing thing. Back to um, th this thing of the, you know, you're mentioning Passover and, uh, and Shavuot and, and Sukkot. In Hebrew, this is Moedim. And it literally means the appointed times. And it is a time that's just is to, to be set apart. Now, all of us are married. Okay. All four of us uh, are married. Is an anniversary. I mean, you know, me and Kathy have done like 41 of them. It, it seems like, okay, that that's like ridiculous. Why do this again? But isn't an anniversary kind of a, uh, a, a way of acknowledging uh, the past, the future, and and celebrating what you've been through and and what you're looking forward to, I mean, isn't that kind of the the whole the same concept? Yeah, oh, I think yeah. so. <laughs> oh yeah, I absolutely think so. I think as as I don't know if uh, maybe maybe I'm not talking so far, but I think that as uh, guys we can look at it as oh it's just a a. a a date set for something and sometimes we might lose the uh how significant it is because we're either so buried and wrapped up in other things but it's such an important day especially to acknowledge because if you don't life's gonna remind you <laughs> when she reminds you it is not a good thing thankfully i've never made a mistake yep. 
but believe me believe Uh, me i know what that's like okay uh because i did miss one and um the great thing about it is the next year, Kathy missed one. I think it was the next year. And so we kind of equaled it out. You know, it's like, okay, you got one, I got one. Let's call it even and move on. We'll have another one. There you go. There you go. Yeah, that's, that's, that's the good one. Have another one. That's, that's like to say these appointed towns, like you're talking about, I'm just going to interject this point that, so that that's what Sukkot was, is for us. It's like, I mean, we could easily... Uh, make all kinds of excuses that would be in the world's eyes oh yeah that you're doing the right thing you're doing the responsible thing by not going and doing that silly camping trip because you know there's this 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 and all these other things you've got to worry about and i was like nah no cutting off from the world please god let there be like very limited internet <laughs> like it's like just i want to be cut off because i just want to be focused because then it wasn't focused on your work and all this other stuff it was focused on then in, in yeah. the place where we were at with especially me and ryan there'd be just random people that you'd seen or hadn't really talked to but then there was this depth of conversation that spawned on by a campfire at midnight something about it mm-hmm. <laughs> again god walks to the camp and then that happens and then you're like yeah. Amen. oh yep. so i need to impart something to you mm-hmm. that's why i'm here i got there's yes. a there's a testimony within me to yeah. tell you Oh, okay. Let me tell you what's, let me tell you what I've seen with this. Or the best thing is, is when someone else does that to you and you're like, Oh, I didn't realize how much I needed to hear that. I had yeah. both those things multiple times with Sukkot, which was huge. My well, you, you know, when you think about it, what you're really doing is you're creating a sacred space mm-hmm. in a world that wow. wants to create safe spaces. Let's create sacred spaces. And mm-hmm. in that you create a, an actual boundary where the father's meeting you and like uh in our case literal camp uh that is completely uh, well i'll I'll tell you actually i'll delve in here a little bit it's part of my sukkot was spent actually dealing with uh, and being a part of um removing demonic possession uh from a couple of people Mm -hmm. uh where they they literally tried to to you know manifest and make themselves known these Mm -hmm spirits but what they were doing is they were trying to do this within the sacred space and bounds of the Sukkot camp which was interesting to see because it literally created created a threshold that then those spirits had to leave as well Mm -hmm. they couldn't exist there yeah you know we we, we've learned about threshold covenants and then this could be a a whole nother topic for a whole nother podcast but it literally created that and like I said, it creates a space where you're meeting with the father, even if it's just a little uh, booth on your back deck, like you talked about where you're going and eating. You're creating that space and saying the mm-hmm. only spirit that's welcome here is the spirit of God. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. For what and it's that's, worth. You know, and that's what I was, um, you know, I was uh, getting at that same thing, too, because, um, you know, it is the obedience. Like, it's not that you know, it's, it's not mystic. It's not like this, some weird thing, like we do this and then this happens. It's literally just obedience. Like our obedience to the father produces what you're saying, the sacred spaces. And, you know, it's just, I, I think it's a very freeing moment when you realize that when you get freed from the legalistic approach to things, because 
again, we don't do it because we have to. Maybe at the beginning we do, but we do it because the Father created these things to spend time with us. Like, he literally knows exactly who we are as humans, what our tendencies are is to, you know, get over busy and not stop and just keep working and, and striving and grinding and, you know, all this stuff. But he commands us a lot. Like, you... <laughs> you really start to understand how much he commands you to stop and be with him when you have to ask off for work for all these things. <laughs> like it, it's nice when yes. you don't have to, but what you're like, yeah, yeah, so I need that day. And then I need that day. And I also need that day and that day. And hey, I need that day too. So, you know, it's, it, it's so like, you know, just, it's just the father. Like he just wants to create the, he wants to create these spaces so that he can enter in. It's not just, you know, on our end, it's on his end too, you know? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. We had this conversation, I think a couple, a uh, few weeks back about Shabbat. Mm -hmm. And that's how I looked at Sukkot, the same idea. You're choosing that day that like, I, I know that I, I look every I look forward every week to Shabbat. And then every year I'm looking forward to Sukkot. Like mm -hmm. that's, that's like in my, my head, that's how I'm looking at that, those kind of things. And Shabbat, I, I don't know what I would do without Shabbat. So choosing yeah. to say no i don't care what society and those the world is saying like you're saying i'm going to make i'm going to make every effort i can to doing that and now it's at a point where because of that thought process you don't even think about we had a very lengthy discussion being this being barashi genesis one we're talking about uh the shabbat how everything was made and then seventh day rested and there was a wonderful question someone had about things and it was like it gets to a point where if you decide to make some of these things like staples in your life then the father will meet you when you decide i'm gonna take that time and i yeah. think that mike has been a very big proponent even during when we've had conversations with other especially young people this was a question from a young person if you make the time to say nope this is between me and god that's it even in just a random day not even a prescribed day not even a day that in the bible it says to do it mm -hmm. i will honor that and show up in a big way but it's even more so when it's like it's a feast. Like it's a day that he's committed. He's like, Hey guys, come yeah. here to do this because I don't know how I would not want to do these days now anymore. I, I, I know. Yeah. There's, you know, there's so much of him there. Yeah. And it comes down to a word that's been kicked around a few times here. Obedience. Mm. Um, you, right. know, you, you guys are all worship leaders. Okay. I'm not, um, as is obvious, but, um, you know, worship has been one of these things that's been relegated to, uh, to, to music and to, you know, to dance and all of these kind of things. Uh, in just a couple of weeks, I'll be uh, at actually less than two weeks. I'll be at one of my favorite places in all of Israel. And that is the Haas Promenade. Uh, Daniel's been there with me a couple of times. And this is a place that is uh, a little south of Jerusalem. It's between Bethlehem and Jerusalem. It's a hilltop um, that um, I believe that this is where Abraham came when he was told to leave the area of Hebron. Uh, he would have walked directly north, and his first look at Jerusalem would have been from that place, which is now the Haas Promenade. And I won't go into the whole teaching, but basically he would have seen three valleys, which would have, uh, which would have formed the sheen, the Hebrew letter sheen, which is the, the, the letter which points us to El Shaddai, 
the one who is our, our provision. But the, the amazing words in those verses that I teach about this when I'm there is that Abraham looked at the, his servants that were with him and said, um, you know, you guys stay here. Me and the boy are going to go and worship and mm-hmm. we will return. Yeah. No, no, guys, I, I don't want to be, uh, you know, I don't want to, to be offensive to uh, you guys, but he did not have an Exodus Roadband CD in his pocket. Nope. I'm offended for you guys. Uh-huh. No. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate that. Thank you. There was no word. There was no music. Mm-hmm. There yeah. was no, you know, he, he didn't have a band with him. Uh, he didn't have a guitar with him. But he, it says he worshiped. Yes. And so I believe that the highest form of worship is obedience. Yes. And if we're not obedient, then our music is just noise. Yeah, absolutely. That's exactly right. And our music loses its power. Mm-hmm. And, and the anointing that the Father's given it. So it becomes entertainment? It does. Mm-hmm. I, I've, I actually have in the past done kind of some small blurbs while, uh, you know, we've quote unquote led worship yeah because uh, everybody goes you know it's it's the praise and worship center you know every church has the the praise and worship hall or whatever you know what i mean uh or praise and worship night and it's really it's two different things mm-hmm. you know yeah praise is to exalt worship in in my opinion is basically to be on your face uh to be broken before the father um to mm-hmm. to place yourself in his hands uh you know it's it's so much more than just singing a song. Mm-hmm. Like you said, Mike, it's, it's obedience, which again, placing yourself in his hands so that, you know, like the, the potter, he can mold you at will, right. To reference some things, yeah. you know. And I, um, I think one of the best kind of one-liners I've, I've heard of, you know, kind of the difference between praise and worship is that praise is outward expression. Worship is inward engagement. Ooh, I like and that. Yeah, it's it was a good one. I was like, yeah, down, right? <laughs> yeah, <I know. laughs> and um, because you know, it, it just it, it expands it. Like, it does take worship being like directly associated with music out of the box, and you know, because I do believe like that you can be, you know, walking down the street and you're presented with a temptation, and you know that it's you know what it is, and you say no to that temptation or you know, whatever that obedience looks like, like the glory of God has entered into you in that moment because you obeyed, mm-hmm. because you worshiped, like that is worship. When you obey, when you say no to things, you know that his heart is against. And when you say yes to things, you know, his heart is for. That's right. That's good. That That's very good. good. So we might have to make say t-shirts. That you're, uh, yeah. I'm sorry, go ahead. <laughs> so we might have to make t-shirts with that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. that would be a fantastic shirt I yeah, be the new excess road band t-shirt right <laughs> uh, would you guys say that you originally went to sukkot to get but you now you go to sukkot to give mm. yes mm-hmm. absolutely and thankfully Expound. also get as well which is this is wonderful but yeah it's want to give out but then there's other people, and it's amazing how even kids were blessing me beyond belief, and they wouldn't even know what they did, but they were just, they hit me so hard. Thank By the you. way, the, the youth scene at our Sukkot is beginning to 
I don't want to use the word rival, um, but maybe I'll use the word rival. Uh, the youth scene at uh, Revive. Mm. Uh, to just kind of throw that out there to you two guys. Mm. It might be Excellent. interesting to, uh, and they it specifically happens usually at Dave's campsite. Okay. <laughs> they all gather around um, by the droves. Mm. Wow. And well. so that might be something to, to discuss uh, at another time. But yes, like, like you said, um, and to uh, compliment Dave some here, Dave does a lot of giving. Mm-hmm. more than he does getting at Sukkot yeah. uh, because, you know, not only when those kids are there, are they getting fed spiritually? They're usually getting some, some good food as well. Uh, <laughs> I'm, know, not, it. I'm not planning on leaving with, uh, I, I want to leave everything out. Like if, if God's poured in something in a vessel and I think that I'm pouring as much as I can back out and as, and as much vessels as I can find, <laughs> as much vessels Amen. that will want to receive. And, and you know what? The more you pour out, the more he's going to pour into you to pour out. Like, that's, so. you know, like, like you're saying, yeah. you give and then he gives you more and you get more and you give and he get, it just, exactly. you know, and, and it's the process we all should be walking through where, you know, you have to start by getting like, you know, any baby believer, you know, you need to receive because you can't give from something you don't have, um, yes. you know, but it's the sign of okay. a mature believer when you see that switch. Mm-hmm. Um, toward giving exactly yes you know, the, really is awesome. it, it's like the topography in israel teaches us so much um we'll be in a couple of weeks we'll be down at the dead sea and uh, it's it's really dying right? because there's nothing coming into it right, right now and they're trying to figure it out because of all kinds of other issues but uh we see the the sea of galilee and then we had the dead sea uh, the Sea of Galilee is uh, is alive. There's there's fish. There's life there, because what it takes in, it also gives out. But the Dead Sea, there's uh, they they have found some form of life there, but it's uh, for for the mo- most years they they believed there was nothing alive in there. But um, why? Because it only takes, and it mm-hmm. never gives out. And so just even in the topography of Israel is a, is a message to each of us, whatever the father gives us, is not really for us It's yeah. to give out. Mm-hmm. And the, the, the more you give out, the more he pours in, but the moment yeah. that you quit giving out, then that, that, uh, that what he gave you becomes stagnant and it becomes lifeless. Yeah. It does. Yeah. Yep. You're absolutely right about that. It's like the parable of the talents, you know, just, you know, the one that tried to protect it by, you know, burying it, not doing anything with it, you know, it, mm-hmm. it became nothing and he was punished for it. And it's the same thing with, you know, that, that applies in every way. It applies financially, it applies, you know, physically, it applies spiritually, you know, with mm-hmm. whatever he gives us, you know, the, it's so, you know, our logic in our world is backwards. You know, we think, you know, bury it to protect it, but mm-hmm. the 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 best way you can protect it is to give it away freely. Yeah, the logic of the world—they uh, don't understand us, yeah, and, don't. and I get that uh, all the time. I mean, I told guys that uh, that I know that are are you know pretty much secular or or um, you know they they go to church, uh, and this is not an anti-Christian um, statement, but they go for the holy hour where they show up at 11 o'clock sharp and leave at 12 o'clock dull, uh, it's, not, it's meaningless to them. 
you know, is it really doesn't affect their lives. And I see that on, on when I'm, I see these guys and I would say, you know, I'm, I'm heading to Florida. Well, what are you doing? Oh, I'm speaking. Uh, you're driving all the way to Florida to speak. Yeah. So I drove to Florida, which was like, you know, um, that's, that was like seven and a half, eight hours each way uh, to speak one time. I spoke for 90 minutes. And uh, it's a message you guys have heard. <laughs> I think y'all can probably do it in my voice. Uh, it's the shofar mm -hmm. message. But there were people in, that came at me in tears and said, this is what I came to Sukkot for. I needed to hear this message. Mm -hmm. These are things that I've been dealing with. Um, you know, we, as, as a good friend of mine used to say to me before he passed away, uh, life is not about you. Mm -hmm. Life is about him and life is about others. And so when we get to the place of not living for ourselves, but as David, I've seen you do this, mm -hmm. living to give your life into other people, that's yeah. when that's when life has purpose. Yeah, it yeah. absolutely is. It's it funny is, because the, yeah. the, the, just to throw this out there as well, the sort of the message that kept being the resonating thing, the Sukkot, um, was set the captives free. Mm. And the only way we can do that is by pouring into whomever the Father sets us before us to pour into. Because there's so many people bound by so many things in this world. Mm -hmm. And if we can even set free one, mm -hmm. it's worth it. It's worth, like you say, the eight-hour trip, you know, one yeah. way. It absolutely is. And I think this ties back to, you know, the, uh, the series we've been going through of, you know, the five questions, you know, mm -hmm. who are you and where do you come from? Because when you realize that you are someone important and that you come from somewhere important and you realize that you have something to offer, mm -hmm. like, you know, that's when this stuff happens. Like when you realize that you have something to offer, because, you know, for one, the enemy's going to try to crush your idea of that you have something to offer and then he's going to try to crush you in your offering of it and you know when we walk around it's amazing how difficult it is to step out of our comfort zone and share and talk to people and like you know just just be the icebreaker and go into it because you know all it takes is one testimony mm -hmm. to set the captives free and the enemy's going to try to crush that. He's going to try to tell you, oh, you know, they don't, they don't want to hear what you have to say. They don't want to hear your story. You know, they've got other stuff going on, you know, all that kind of stuff. <laughs> but it's important. Yeah. I wanted to, I want to highlight briefly here that there was a, there was two, there was two people in particular that spoke to me a ton at Zakot. And I think they might have even traveled the farthest distance to get there. But I want to use this as a testimony to others out there that might be uh, leery of this or might be hesitant. But I know without a shadow of a doubt the reason why those two, I'm going to call them kids, but they were much older than just being kids, uh, brother and sister. They both came more than likely only for the pure intention of just to hang out with their friends. But there was God had something planned for them even more. Wow. And first day of Sukkot, was answers to prayer for a lot of questions they had had and they just showed up and they spoke so much to me and I was able to pour so much into both this seeing what they did and just being obedient 
and I wanted to leave that sometimes that you don't realize when you're you're a young one I guess I could say that maybe the one you've raised and you're questioning why they're doing what they're doing they went off what they thought was just them wanting to hang out with their friends but mm-hmm. God had other intentions for them and set all these people up in their path when they got there mm-hmm. that they left change I know they came expecting something one thing they left with something totally oh. different and more yeah. than they could have ever expected <laughs> so that's not just for a, an eight-day camping trip message that's just a in general but I had to tell this to I had to tell this to someone there as well. If you've got if God's got your kids and you might be afraid of what's happening, you ain't gonna let them go. He's gonna let them reach all the way out. And he's like, all right, no, now I'm calling them back. Now I'm bringing them back. And I think we've had tons of testimonies uh, like you all have already talked about with others where you're like, there's nah, who knows what's gonna happen with that? Yeah. And God's got a funny way of just showing up when they least expect it and they're then they yearn for it so much it was just it was encouraging to me because i know going into scout i was just like man because we've had this this is kind of really one of the reasons why we even did this program is who's out there who's talking yeah. who's saying these things to anybody especially in this what we're calling like 18 to 30 maybe i think, I think mike you coined it the forgotten generation maybe i think uh, you coined actually, that was actually that that was daniel Okay, that was Daniel. Okay, I was about to say, well, it's one of, it was a Clayton that said it. I should have said it, but forgotten Daniel. generation is that forgotten thing, and it's, but it it gave me so much more hope after being in Sakoa because I was seeing so much of this forgotten generation rising up, and that's mm-hmm. your term, the rising of the rising generation. That's your term, Mike, mm-hmm. and I was actually seeing it with my eyes. So that was fascinating. That that way that gave me so much more. Okay. Yeah cool this awesome. is this is actually this is this is happening it isn't just like oh lord can we stoke this fire more can we get this rising thing happening a little quicker but god got this so i'm i'm excited i'm i'm excited to see how this program is going to play a massive role in that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. it made me excited to see that it was awesome super awesome Good. yeah closing thoughts guys hmm I'll let you go first, Daniel, if you got something or, or David. I, I, I don't. I mean, <laughs> I think this was, this was just, yeah, go ahead, David. I about to say closing thing. I'll say just, if you can take that opportunity in your everyday, we're talking about the Moedim that are set, uh, set in the scripture, set in the Bible. But now we've got quite a bit of lengthy time between now and the next feast. You got Shabbat, but it made me more realize how much more I just set the time up. I don't have to set the time away for, I don't have to go to my boss to say, Hey, here are all these days I need off. There's also times where you can go, you know what, this hour to this hour, I need to set apart for myself with the, with the almighty and do that uh, inward engagement that that's what I'm talking about. Like more time spent there will make all those other feasts that much more enjoyable. I think that's one of the closing thoughts I want to bring out in this, in this episode. Huh. It, and maybe this is new to people, you know, there we've got people that are tuning in and you just, you think you just happened to click that button. Um, nobody happens. Nothing, it, nothing just happens. Mm-hmm. There's, I, I love the, my favorite definition of coincidence is coincidence is a miracle in which God chooses to remain anonymous. Mm-hmm. That's cool. Like okay. that. So he directs us into things. And maybe, yeah. you know, we have yes. people out there, they're like Shabbat and, you know, and, and Sukkot and Passover and all these things. 
let me give you let me give you a challenge. Try it. Just yeah, try it. Yes. You never know how it may change your life, huh, Ryan? That's exactly right. And I, I feel like the Spirit's telling me something here just to share. If you've tuned into this program and you're listening for the first time, or if you're a repeat listener, and you have been going through some stuff, you feel like you have been, uh, you know, attacked by the enemy, let's say. Remember that the Father does not, or excuse me, let me back up. The enemy does not attack non-strategic targets. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The only reason you're being tack, attacked is because of how important you are to the Father. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it might be that that opportunity set before you, like we talked about in the beginning of this program, saying yes to certain things or saying no to certain things is literally going to change your life, change the course of your life and set you in the direction that the father wants you to go as dave just uh, recommended mm-hmm. every day set aside that time to take with the father that sacred yeah. space where you meet him and if you've not celebrated shabbat before or any of the biblical feast check them out and and see if it doesn't just change your life and maybe the lives of your friends and family as well by you being obedient yeah uh, and, and worshiping through that obedience as well mm-hmm. yeah and i'll you know, I totally agree. And to go along with that, um, you know, read, read the scriptures, read the Bible and read it from the perspective that the father, he's not read it from the perspective that he is a caring father who has a personal purpose in what he commands us to do. It's not him testing our you know, like, oh, are they going to do this? Are they going to do this if I ask him to do it? Read it from the perspective that he's like, I want time with you. I want to mm-hmm. be with you. I want to bless you. And this is the avenue by which you do it. And so, you know, I just feel like that goes along with that. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And I guess it, it brings up the question, uh, can one man make a difference? Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, could, could you give me like, okay, let me give you a hint. This week's Torah portion is named after somebody in the scripture. So can one man make a difference? What's that guy's name? Noah. 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 Yeah. Yep. Yeah. If it wasn't for Noah, none of us would be talking because nope. our DNA would have drowned in the flood. <laughs> All right. <Yeah. laughs> Remember, guys, the uh, everyone, the um, the scripture says, I know the plans I have for you not Mm -hmm. for evil, but for good, to give you life and a purpose. So live life on purpose. And next week, God willing, I'll be talking to you from Israel. See you guys. Sounds good. See you. You alone hear my every prayer. You're the God who's always